Firebrands don't retreat, especially when the battle for the soul of our country calls. Big government, big tech, big business, big media, they'd all breathe a sigh of relief if I were no longer in the Congress fighting for you. I am the only Republican in Congress who doesn't take any money from federal lobbyists or political action committees. Their money is no good with me. And that scares them. And you know what? It should. They lie about me because I tell the truth about them and I'm not gonna stop. So when you see the leaks and the lies and the falsehoods and the smears, when you see the anonymous sources and insiders forecasting my demise, know this, they aren't really coming for me. They're coming for you. I'm just in the way. God bless America. God bless our country. God bless this great movement. Let's hold our heads high, work together, believe in each other, and let's go get them. Thank you. That is Congressman Matt Gates speaking at the Trump Doral in Miami this weekend. I was there along with a load of other media reporters standing on the big stage right at the back of the crowd as always lights on cameras blaring but the 12 yes 12 reporters that cnn sent didn't appear to be able to get any of the reporting Correct. Welcome to an episode of The National Pulse. I'm Raheem Kassam, Editor-in-Chief of TheNationalPulse.com. And I know, I know, I've been away for too long, but we're back now, at least for a little while. Natalie Winters will join us. But just before we bring Natalie on to talk about all of her latest scoops, I want to get into just what Congressman Gates said there. He specifically talked about the leaks, the lies, and the unnamed sources the anonymous sources that have been reported on over and over and over again to the point where even politico ladies and gentlemen even politico not exactly a frothing at the mouth right-wing defender of matt gates politico reported today quote the congressman has not been charged, and so far, no evidence has surfaced against him. Beyond anonymous allegations, he had sex with a minor or paid for prostitutes. Remember, this is Politico saying, no charge, no evidence. I believe that Matt Gates now holds the record for the longest time involved in a sex scandal without an accuser. Think about it. Every other time, every single person from right to left, Joe Biden, Donald Trump, Brett Kavanaugh, all the historical sex scandals in, in American and British political history, is always an accuser pretty quick off the bat. So what's going on here? And specifically, I wanted to just make mention of this story that just did absolutely incredible numbers up on the National Pulse last night. It's entitled Evidence, how CNN faked a story about Matt Gates, got caught, but still won't remove it. And as I speak to you right now, that story is still, still for 24 hours nearly now, 
leading on the CNN.com homepage. Now, I understand that Congressman Gates will be pursuing this legally with CNN. And CNN's story simply amounted to this, that Gates had asked for a meeting with Trump this week and got rebuffed. But here's why it's really interesting, because this is all about, this is about the anatomy of a lie. How does a lie go twice around the world before the truth even gets its trousers on? Well, it's because of places like CNN. Remember, this is, this is the facts first, a banana is not an apple network, right? And they had the temerity, the audacity to go on a story which they didn't have any named sources for, which was denied by both sides who were involved in the story. And, as I will reveal to you now, and as readers of the National Pulse will already know, in that story, and around that story, Gabby Orr, the reporter, formerly of Politico, now at CNN, admits to having made a mistake. Admitted privately to Raheem Kassam that she had made a mistake. But CNN still won't take the story down. So I'll walk you through it really quickly. Yesterday afternoon, Gates's staff received a request for comment from Gabby Orr. It is Gabby Orr's first story for CNN, having just left Politico and moved over to CNN. In fact, she still had her Politico email address up in her Twitter bio, and that's important, and we'll get to it. But Orr's email read, and I quote, Apologies for bothering you on a Sunday, but I wanted to run something by you for confirmation before reporting it out. I was told by two people familiar that Congressman Matt Gates asked to meet with former President Trump at Mar-a-Lago last week and was denied. End quote. End email. Before reporting it out, I wanted to run something by you. That's what she said. But she did actually report it out without receiving any confirmation from either side or even receiving a, a, an acknowledgement. That, the, that her comment request had been received. We published her whole email to Gates' spokesman up on the National Pulse. You can go and read it for yourselves. And Gates' team sent a response. They said, quote, Rep Gates was welcome to Trump Doral this week and has not sought to meet with President Trump himself. He's been mostly relaxing with his fiance this week during recess. GOP establishment types can leak as many lies as they want to their friends at CNN, but a recent poll showed Rep Gates' constituents are overwhelmingly supportive of him, and that's the only support a member of Congress needs. Now, that comment was sent back to Gabby Orr, and I've looked at all of it. I've seen all of it. I've looked at the timestamps. I've looked at the timestamp on her email. I've looked at the timestamp on the email sent back to her. And all of it was hours before CNN chose to go to publication. All of it. And and I've included all of it for, for readers to see on the site because, as we always say here, don't take my word for it. Go and look at the evidence. So Orr was sent the response to the email that's on her Twitter bio because no CNN email address existed for her. 
and spokesmen aren't accustomed to sending quotes to at proton mail addresses because you don't know if you're actually reaching the real reporter or just somebody who's made up g-o-r-r at protonmail.com i'm not doxing anyone by the way this is public information it's on her twitter bio she's literally she literally lists now she lists g-o-r-r at protonmail.com which is wildly wildly not the way to do it if you're a big corporate reporter at somewhere like cnn but she previously had g-o-r-r at politico.com when asking the questions so of course the answers were sent there they were also dm'd to her on twitter which she privately told me afterwards oh sorry i didn't see them this is a this is a national politico slash cnn correspondent we're talking about here publishing a major story that's now led the cnn homepage about a nationally uh, uh, important story pertaining to a very significant congressman and a very significant law enforcement investigation and she and cnn doesn't have her with an email address she has the wrong email address on her twitter bio she's asking now for people to send emails to a proton mail account this isn't the facts first apple banana cnn that we we were told about right in fact this looks this this looks and smells very much like a an, an a college undergraduate journalism project right and that's not all ladies and gentlemen in fact that's a sideshow to this whole story so i asked or privately I said, hey, you know, what happened here? I even publish our DMs on this because, frankly, I want people to see that I'm not spinning her words out of context and I want, to, I want people to see where I approach this from. So I said to her, look, I understand. Gates' team tells me that they've sent you the request hours before. Why have you run this story with the headline that says Gates has denied a meeting with Trump? They deny that. Why is that not in the story? She replies to me, quote, honest mistake, I've passed along his statement to add in. I reply, oh boy, that's a mighty pickle. You know, just to show I'm not being hostile, I'm not being aggressive, I'm, I'm trying to be nice and understand what's going on here. And she responds to that, she says, it's been updated, that was a sincere oversight on my end, I would never deliberately ignore a spokesperson's response to a request for comment. The problem is the story would never have run if she bothered to check her Twitter DMs or if her email address was correct or she wasn't reaching out from a private anonymized email account. That's CNN for you. Those are the standards, the journalistic standards, apparently, that they hold themselves up to. She says twice. She's, once she says honest mistake, and the second time she says sincere oversight. So twice you have a CNN in the space of two responses to me over the course of three minutes. You have a CNN reporter admitting mistakes in the story, and yet the story remains up. But there's more. Moments after the story went live, Jason Miller, who is the the communications person for Trump World, right? issues two statements says number one the cnn story is complete fake news no such scheduling meeting request was ever made and therefore it could never have been declined take note that this story has zero on the record sources it's literally made up we are demanding a full retraction as in trump and his team are demanding a full retraction 
And Jason adds to that, CNN has no on-the-record sources making this claim, no electronic or written or, rec- or, or recorded evidence backing up this claim. It flat-out never happened, and we are demanding a full retraction of this story. Who is the editor that, that allowed this to be printed? So now you have denials from both sides. And if Trump was trying to hang Gates out to dry by uh, uh, rejecting a meeting request, then why would he instruct his spokesman to go out there and say this never happened and demand a retraction? Demanding a retraction is a massive thing to do. You know, often you will ask for an update, you will ask for a correction, you will ask for a spokesman quote to be added in. But an, an, an ask for a retraction from somewhere like CNN is a major thing to do and the Trump team did it, which tells you that this story has no legs. The reporter failed to include the comment on this original story, used an anonymized private email account, not an official address, expected a response from a congressman of the United States. Her own contact details in her own biography were incorrect, and now they're refusing to retract the story, even after they learned they have it completely wrong. And there's one more thing I want to add to this as well. It's slightly further down in the CNN story, but it says this. Quote, A person directly involved with Trump's post-presidential operation said the ex-president's aides were under the impression that Gates went down there, to Doral, to try and run into Trump or people around him. Yeah, except I was down there... And 12 CNN reporters were accredited to that event as well, along with about 40 other reporters. And everybody can attest to the fact that Gates literally pulled up to Doral, gave his speech and left. He didn't hang about. He didn't go to the bar. He didn't say, where's the president? Everybody knew the president was going to be at Mar-a-Lago this weekend and speaking at that other Republican event. Why would Gates go down to Doral to find Trump somewhere where everybody knew Trump wasn't going to be? And why would he do that? by literally getting out of the car, giving a speech, and then leaving. I, I just, you know, I found this so, so incredible, this story. Because it's not often you get an establishment reporter to admit to you that they have made a mistake twice in the space of three minutes in a direct message. But lastly, on this story, which makes it even more galling, and I'm glad, I hope, Matt Gates takes legal action against CNN on this. I really hope he takes them to the cleaners on this. Because the story itself, the CNN story itself, has been updated three times at least from what I can tell. And the line at the bottom of the story says, this story has been updated with a comment from a Trump spokesman. That's a, that's a lie. The story was updated with a uh, broad denial from a Gates spokesman. Then the story was updated again with the text of the denial from a Gates spokesman. Then the story was updated again with a comment from Jason Miller, a Trump spokesman. And there's no accountability here. There's almost no way of getting CNN to, the, to remove this story. It'll be a long, long legal battle to do so, to even admit that they got something wrong here. It's stunning. It's absolutely stunning. And I just I cannot believe this sort of thing is allowed to happen.
let's switch topics now that I've got that rant off. I intended to spend five minutes on it. I went 16. Or for those listening in three times speed, as Natalie Winters does, a cool... Wait, what's 16 divided by three? Six and a half minutes? Uh, Less. (laughs) Something. I have to admit, I've started listening to music in double speed. That doesn't... Hold on. How does that work? How does that work? It's better. What do you I, mean? It's better. How does music? How does faster. music sound I think better? I, just, I process the world at, at two times speed. Wait, but you you're you're like a big Taylor Swift person or something, right? Not so much anymore. All right, but once upon a time. Yeah. In fact, can, what, why don't you tell the story? <laughs> oh goodness, this is, this is a very funny story. So I think it was probably the second day that I I had known you and this is when I was interning for you at a former publication and you turned to me in the back of an Uber and you said what's your beat you know what would you want your beat to be and as someone who had no experience in the journalism world I thought he was talking about music (laughs) so so I turned to him and said oh I really like Taylor Swift but I'm aware I have really bad music taste. <laughs> that is such a great story. It is an amazing story. I said, what's your beat? As in, you know, what do you want to write about? And your response was Taylor Swift. Very cool. Very cool, Natalie Winters. Um, just, I'm going to test your theory here. Let's, okay. let's test your theory. I'm all right. I'm gonna, we're going to play some Taylor Swift on two times speed here. It's so much better. doesn't sound very good. It works better with country music. Okay. I thought this was country now. No, I don't really like Taylor Swift that much anymore. I just want to make sure for so that the audience knows this. We planned none of this. Yeah. <laughs> it's been a while since, since we've seen each other. and We're just, we're just losing it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. That's enough of but that. Yes. <laughs> big big scoop there, Natalie, in, on the two times speed on the Taylor Swift. Um, all right, let's get to some of your stories because we've been breaking a lot of stories over at the National Pulse in, in recent days. Very, very important stories. Oh, where do you want to start? I want to start with United Airlines, quite frankly, just because okay. I think United Airlines is in the news with its um, boycotts of um, the country, effectively. <laughs> uh, you, you may not have voting laws now in America uh, or Delta, United, American, Coca-Cola, all of these corporate giants will 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 wag their finger at you um it, i don't mean to undersell it this is fascism that's what fascism is it is the use of big corporate power uh, and the centralized power of the state which is the biden regime uh to oppress people and and one form of oppression is um falsifying elections we've we've seen that happen uh, in many a socialist country uh venezuela it's happened it happened in uh eastern europe so much uh, it's you know it's it's not a, a vestige of yesteryear it's still contemporaneous around the world uh voter fraud is is rife it's common they stack the decks in terms of one political party and that political party in the united states is the democratic party of america but united has been doing something else which tells you about their motivations in the background of all of this natalie what is it well, also, it's an odd form of fascism that's kind of fused with the social justice. If you remember, I think about maybe a week ago, they announced that for the next decade, half of the pilots that they would be training would either be women or people of color. Mm. Uh, so that was what prompted me to look into this. You're going to be a pilot? 
<laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> Two times speed. <laughs> <laughs> Concord only. Uh, but that was what prompted me to, to look into this story in the first place, because nine times out of ten, when these corporations go woke, they typically have a huge portfolio in China, more specifically with the Chinese Communist Party. But with regards to United, the story that we have up really takes it to a whole other level. So there's a program that we've exposed a lot at the National Pulse, the China-United States Exchange Foundation, which is part of a Chinese government-backed effort called the United Front, which really seeks to target American thought leaders, American students, journalists, uh, congressmen, senators, frankly, even presidents, and get them to push pro-Beijing policies or, on the student level, at least adopt a worldview of China that is consistent with that of the Chinese Communist parties. We've exposed how they've sponsored trips for uh, college students, journalists, former and current con- congressional officials. And interestingly enough, they also do this program for American high school students, specifically coming from Chicago, specifically Chicago's Urban League, uh, which is Uh, If not exclusively, I would say upwards of 90% African-American students, which is really funny to reconcile that with their new push for diversity and social justice, uh, because United Airlines declares itself the, quote, official airline of the Chicago Urban League's mission to China. Now, what was that mission? It was sponsored... And by the way, just for the record, we have an image of that. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. you got to look at the article. It's it's the craziest picture. They are so bold with documenting their their sellout to China. They're standing by by the Great Wall. Yeah, so it's actually funny. To get to the Great Wall, you have to take a whole thing up and you have to, it's a whole it's a whole trek to get there so i just want to know who carried the banner <laughs> uh who was responsible for even getting it to china in the first place I'm sure it probably had a special place on, on the united airlines uh trip but yeah. what's so interesting is that united airlines actually sponsored subsidized the flights to get these students uh, for at least three years groups of, of about dozen of american high school students to go to china and participate in these programs which not only do they tour facilities we've seen similar trips go to facilities like huawei even get lectured by former pla military officials but uh, they also have a historically black college and university program which is kind of similar to this it deals with the same people and interestingly enough a student who went on that trip actually after wrote a blog post for QCEF and they referred to China as an amazing communist country. That's a direct quote. Well, no, what they said is, quote, I learned that the culture and history of China far exceeds those of the United States, exceeds it so well. It's predicted that China will be the number one country of foreign policy and investments in less than 20 years. Open your eyes and your mind. Research for yourself and don't be corrupted by the misinterpretation the classrooms feed us. God knew that I needed to participate in this program. He saw me fit to be one of the 20 students that will help spread the positive light of an amazing communist country, as well as help bridge that gap between China-US cultural exchanges, end quote. I mean, that that is, you know, North Korea creepy. Yeah. (laughs) And frankly, it really is a high return on investment from the Chinese Communist Party's perspective, right? I'm sure they would love for somebody like the girl who wrote that to, you know, end up at the negotiating table in Alaska because she'd probably be pretty easy to get to push the the pro-Beijing line. But yeah, United Airlines... Wait, I thought she was... Yeah, <laughs> yeah. This is probably the one with the purple hair. I was gonna say, maybe she's the one with the purple hair. Maybe she uh, did a QSEF trip. But yeah, I mean, I mean, QSEF is is. Uh, Hold on, I'm out. I think we need to look into that. <laughs> no, QSEF is really top dog when it comes to the Chinese Communist Party's influence operations, and it's egregious yeah, that they're time. targeting the high school students. And the fact that United is not just 
you know, aiding and abetting it, but outright shipping the kids to China to have them be indoctrinated as they're, you know, parading around talking about how, you know, woke and social justice friendly we are while canceling uh, and in, in elections with integrity is just, I don't even know how you reconcile that. It's, it's absolutely disgusting. Well, I, you know, I, I agree with you, but I think there's another part of this that, the, the, you know, we may, people may be inclined to tiptoe around this, but they are very clearly targeting African Americans on 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 lots of different levels. You know, you have the Congressional Black Caucus, as you mentioned, that has been involved with all of this stuff. Uh, you see how a lot of the, uh, the 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 language of social justice is being used by the Chinese Communist Party. I mean, it was in that Anchorage, you know, meeting where uh, they talk. Was it was it was it Tiger Tiger Yang who was mentioning specifically, hey. You you are a racist country, um, and and citing BLM and all of that stuff. So there's very clearly this attempt to weaponize Black Americans against America, and that's I mean I find that to be incredibly racist. What what it's 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 predominantly a national security threat. It's predominantly all these other things. But if we're on the subject of social justice and we're on the subject of of race relations, you have a I mean, let's be very clear about how China treats black people, right? It's it's not good um, by 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 any stretch of the imagination. I mean, let's be very clear about how China treats m- most uh, ethnic minorities outside of outside of uh, you know themselves, and it's 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 abysmal. And this is now happening, and it's happening with the blessing of black leaders in the Congressional Black Caucus, uh, United Airlines doing this as well, and United Airlines has the has the the goal to lecture a U.S. state about how voting integrity is racist while they are, I mean, literally delivering black Americans to the Chinese Communist Party, like a modern-day slave trade. Yeah, I'm on the QSEF website right now, and they have their own little section. It's called African American Student Groups Highlight, and this is all the different schools that are I guess exclusively African Americans. So those are your HBCUs, and then these high school, and it's especially in Chicago, which is an interesting connection. There's a lot of CCP influence operations that go on in that city. But you are so right that the Chinese Communist Party really seeks to weaponize these these racism narratives, and it's really funny. I am an avid consumer of Chinese state media, and every <laughs> for the right reasons yeah for, if there for are the right any. Re- for, for its opposition research right um yeah i always joke i'm probably the only legitimate view that they get on all their content because otherwise it's just bots <laughs> but uh every single day they have some op-ed they have some cartoon up that has to do with racism i think uh, about a week ago they had a, a cartoon that it was an individual getting a vaccine and a little thought bubble they said is there a vaccine for racism and this is just the kind of propaganda that CGTN puts out. That's China Global Television Network, which is obviously a state-run media outlet, and Global Times, China Daily. They all they all do the same. So it really is kind of an interesting special relationship, really a, a match made in hell, I'd say, between that sect of American politics and, and the Chinese Communist Party. Yeah, I mean, you don't have to say that sect. I mean, these are these are race grifters. Yeah. Just let's call it what it is. I mean, the Al Sharpton wing of American politics don't care about black people. They care about how they can enrich themselves. I mean, look at Patrice Cullors, right? Buying what is it? Four mansions, mm-hmm. right? On the back of on the back of her BLM activism. This is somebody who's de- de- described herself as a trained Marxist. My question is, who trained her? 
<laughs> no, no, seriously, maybe it was QCEF. Yeah. Maybe we need to look into that because because there is a nexus that is very visible here and people feel very uncomfortable talking about it because they think they're going to be called racists for talking about it. But it's it's the opposite. It's It's the Chinese Communist Party and their allies, including and up to the President of the United States, Joe Biden, that are, again, I will say it again, delivering black people to China as 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 propaganda tools while china uses its own ethnic minorities as 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 slave labor we are watching the new slave trade being built here and whether it's slavery of the mind or slavery of the person the chinese communist party is doing it and congressional black caucus leaders are taking part and joe biden is complicit and every single person that isn't an avowed by the way it is not good enough to be a china skeptic anymore it just isn't. You have to be a full China hawk. You have to be. Otherwise, otherwise, there's no point. And every single person who does not regard themselves as a full-throated China hawk is aiding and abetting the Chinese Communist Party. Yes. <laughs> you don't have to agree with me. No, I agree. Right. I, I, I agree wholeheartedly. And it, it's not just that you know, these people... And actually, you know what? I will add one more thing that's very interesting. Uh, one of the lobbying firms that QCEF has retained, and they have retained a lot of them, but mm. one of the primary ones that focused specifically on the educational uh, exchange program is called Wilson Global. And the lady who runs it is by the name of Julia Wilson. She's also an African-American woman. And it's really interesting when you see this kind of axis as to how QCEF is targeting these African-American leaders uh, none other than Marsha Fudge, who is Biden's Secretary for Housing and Urban Development. She was the congressional leader who who really collaborated with QCEF to get these exchanges going. The actual, actually, the inaugural cohort to China of the congressional branch of this exchange program was named in Marsha Fudge's honor. So you really see the the elites who are selling out these African American students. Uh, they're making a ton of money. They're rising to the top of democratic politics. Meanwhile, they're lecturing us on racism. And meanwhile, they're sending their own constituents to go to a country that treats them horribly right. and treats their ethnic minorities 10 million times worse right. than we allegedly do ours, even by their own standards. It's extraordinary stuff. Natalie, take us, uh, take us on the next, uh, the next scoop. Sure. Well, uh, you like to talk about establishment media outlets retracting stuff. I think mm. deleting an entire Twitter account <laughs> falls under that category. Yep. I'm talking about none other than Jonah Kessel, who is the New York Times, uh, I believe, director of cinematography and also a visual journalist for them. So I will summarize the story very briefly. We pop up the story about maybe a week-ish ago, uh, talking about his old tweets uh, specifically, I'll read a couple of the highlights because they're they're pretty juicy. Mm. Um, nope, right here in Beijing, four day expedited service. Sometimes working for the PRC has its benefits. Smiley face. Next tweet. I don't remember signing up to be an indentured servant to the PRC, but somehow that happened. Next tweet. Nah, I get paid by the Chinese government these days, and an RMB. It actually 
worked out at 6.8K. And lastly, there are a lot more, but for the sake of time, I'll just read one more. You know you work for the PRC when the first word that comes to your mind when asked to describe your workplace is harmonious, hashtag China. And this is because he was the creative director at China Daily uh, from 2009 to 2010. And then after that, he became kind of a freelance photographer. And on his website, uh, he brazenly lists that one of his clients was the People's Republic of China Ministry of Information. So after we we pop up the story, it goes pretty viral, prompting the guy to delete his entire Twitter account uh, because there were so many old tweets. We only included the best, but there are, I mean, there were hundreds of tweets talking about China Daily, how he worked kind of in the Chinese Communist Party media sphere. Uh, and after, after he deletes the tweets, which I thought was really interesting. A lot mm. of people from the New York Times and the Washington Post, the the uh, blue checkmark brigade, kind of came after me, came after the story, and they were saying that you know, oh, this is a falsehood. This is this is a smear. And there was actually oh, they did. I didn't know that. Yeah, no, I I want to I want to read two of the tweets because they're actually kind of funny. <laughs> so this is this is from just context. This is the lady who, after Kobe Bryant died, she tweeted Kobe Bryant is a rapist and got uh, oh, suspended yeah. from. The Washington Post, so context. She So she does like a seven-tweet thread. Meanwhile, Jonah Kessel, has, who's the guy, has said nothing. So I, I don't know what he's thinking. But this girl goes, this is one of the, the tweets. The list of journalists who have done brief stints at places like China Daily or the Global Times is long. And that experience can also bring a reporter valuable insight into how China works. It's different from, say, being an anchor for somewhere like CGTN today. First of all, a lot of CNN and BBC people are now anchors for CGTN today. So right. she doesn't know what she's talking about. That's <laughs> missing the forest for the trees. I think that's a really bizarre admission to say, no, no, it's okay because a lot of people do it. It's totally fine. And well, look, I mean, you know, I, there was a lot of... You know, a lot of good things came out of people being reporters for De Sturmer and Pravda, right? That was totally acceptable. Yeah, and... Especially now, when you're seeing Chinese state media really launch a, a full blown campaign to deny anything bad going on in Xinjiang. Two, these are outlets that have aired forced confessions and attack America on the daily. And the whole format that they use, right? The whole entire front page of China Daily, it was designed by Jonah Kessel. So these people can say what they want. They can say that they just, you know, oh, they were just exposed to how it works in China. Yeah. No, and they, they are doing, now using the systems yeah. that you created to spread propaganda against Americans and, and bolster the Chinese Communist Party. And and these are the kind of people who say that, you know, these, oh, oh, these exchanges and working for China helps a free press develop and it helps to democratize and liberalize. It's like, no, <laughs> no, they didn't. That is not, not what happened. Not at all. And just, yes. t just, t just tell me who who is that person? Felicia Sonmez. What, what what do they do? Washington Post journalists. Oh, they're actually at the Washington Post. Mm -hmm. The Washington Post that puts China She's Daily in their in their paper and takes money from the Chinese Communist Party to, to promote yes. their narratives. Oh, okay. Yes. Um, this is the same Washington Post that has "Democracy Dies in Darkness" that it's uh, on its strapline. And the same Washington Post that sends the reporters on QSEP trips. And this is the same Washington Post that calls for websites like Breitbart to be shut down. But but she's saying it's okay to work for the Chinese Communist Party's owned, wholly owned media outlets. In the same Washington Post that, I believe, publishes op-eds by QSEP's founder and publishes op-eds from Chinese Communist Party leaders. Come on, man. <laughs> I feel like we could do this all day. <laughs> Wait, wait, can I read one more funny tweet from her? Read all of them. <laughs> I hope, again, 
I in publishing this story, which frankly wasn't even supposed to be about his tweets. That was just kind of the icing right. on the cake because they were so bizarre. It was yeah. more about how American journalists built the the ecosystem and the infrastructure for Chinese state media to flourish. Yeah. But she, maybe she just knows because she, she was suspended from the Washington Post, but she goes, I hope New York Times has Jonah's back on this. It would be great if they issued a statement defending him. Amid the national conversation on online harassment, this is another especially pernicious form it takes. Targeted smear campaigns, often on reporters who covered China. Well, okay, so she's <laughs> accusing you, and I guess me, of, of a targeted smear campaign. Now, let me be honest with you. I, I couldn't tell you the name of this person. I, I got it wrong every time I was saying it when I was talking to someone about the story. They're like, who are you talking about? I'm looking him up. I can't find it. Yeah. I have no idea who right. this guy it, is. A targeted smear campaign is when you you know the ins and outs and the particulars of somebody's life and you spend hours and days and weeks and months and years sometimes you know, targeting them. He is not the story so much as the New York Times employing CCP apparatchiks is the story. Yeah, and Jonah was just one. There were two other people that we named in the story who had worked for China Daily, and, and yeah, I think they're both China Daily. So, yeah, it was absolutely bizarre. And it's also funny to me with all these these journalists who are kind of piling in. Again, none of them named me, but they responded to all my tweets. Like, <laughs> I thought it was, you know, just two weeks ago that we were told we can't attack young female journalists, right? Oh, yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a hate yeah. crime or something. Oh, and it's, and yeah, it's yeah. daily that we're told we're irrelevant. So, well, I mean, why do they care if we're so irrelevant? Hey, yeah, maybe they'll name us next time. Then maybe, maybe we'll get a name check next time. Well, this is the this is the most bizarre thing about uh, you know running a website like the National Pulse because everybody reads it, but nobody wants to talk about how they read it, right? They just really don't want the world to know how much how how we're getting up their nose. And I got to tell you, I mean, I am I am really looking forward to the next year or so because I I swear to you, if they think if they think this is frightening for them and and their modus operandi i am going to start a new fund very soon for a crowdsourced fund for people to donate to where we will literally hire private investigators to investigate these reporters you know in and out and i don't mean just mean the china ones sure the china ones but i'm gonna i'm gonna get into jim acosta's life and i'm gonna get into brian stelter's life and let's see how clean these people are you know the people who hold themselves as moral arbiters i think there is a massive 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 moral need for that right now and i think there is a massive um uh will for it amongst amongst the american public they are they are being told daily that the moral arbiters out there are people like I don't, what's his name kevin <laughs> jonah right Kessel. right i don't know Kessel, whatever but they're told they they pretend like they're the they're the the guys so we'll treat you like the guys you want to be you want to be called you, you want to call the shots Fine. Then you got to take the incoming, like any pol- political figure takes the incoming, right? Oppo files are put together on uh, state senators, on congressmen, on on people who want to run for president. Everyone. So it's their turn. Let's see how they. Let's see how they like it. I'm trying. I'm still trying to think a name for this organization, by the way. Okay. So well, you know. I think I I won't I won't break the story yet, but I did okay. find some of the names of journalists who have participated on those QCEF trips in exchange mm. for, quote, favorable coverage from uh, the mainstream media, right? These are the outlets like the Washington Post, the New York Times. I think there's a CNN person on there. I think there's a Washington Post person on oh, there, sure. some Atlantic. So, so yeah, Fel- Felicia will probably. <laughs> Who's Felicia now? <laughs> Felicia's the lady who Oh, the one who's criticizing. See, we don't know their names. They like, wish. They wish we knew their names. Exactly. <laughs> um, and can I just say one last thing on this? <laughs> say as many Imagine as you if 
Jonah or say a random person. Who's Jonah? <laughs> you know, it doesn't, oh Kevin. <laughs> okay, imagine you, for this purpose. <laughs> imagine if Kevin works for Russian state television. Right, right. What do you think right. Felicia would be yeah, saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bye, Felicia. Um, <laughs> so, were you teeing me up for that? Were you hoping that that would I was happen? Hoping it would happen? All right, it happened. <laughs> All right, let's uh, let's let's wrap here. We got we got how many more? One more or two more? One more. One more, and this is the deputy energy secretary. Yes. All right, roll. Okay, so President Biden's Deputy Secretary of Energy, who has just confirmed, his name is David Turk, uh, believe it or not, probably believe it, spoke at a Chinese Communist Party-sponsored energy conference, and while there, China Global Television Network did an exclusive interview with him, and he really praises China as kind of the leader in energy and that they're driving all the trends. So to start going to this conference is horrible at face value because it was sponsored by both the Chinese Communist Party's Ministry of Commerce mm. and a provincial government. If you, you read the website, it talks how it's the, quote, only state-level international and professional exhibition in the energy industry field approved by the state council, and it's striving to be the vanguard of national energy revolution. So thoroughly a Chinese Communist Party conference. Uh, interestingly enough, in the article, they include excerpts from his presentation. The titles of his slides are China Moves Global Energy Markets, comma, again, and the future is electrifying, dot, 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 accompanied with a bunch of graphs about how China is basically overtaking the U.S. energy sector. Uh, then he also goes on CGTN, gives them an exclusive interview, interview calls China a leader uh, in the energy field, uh, absolutely just bizarre stuff. When I was finding this story, I, I was curious. I always like to kind of keep tabs on who they're appointing and, mm. and confirming. And I searched this guy's name and I just searched, uh, what's his name? Again, don't know, even know the name. David Turk, China. And the first result is David Turk, CGTN, another CGTN yep. article. And I was like, this has to be another guy. So I searched and I was like, I had two pictures of his face, one from the CGN, CGTN piece, one from his bio. He also worked in the Obama administration. And I was like, oh my God. Same guy. This mm. is so crazy. It's almost hit a point where even I'm, I just like. It's all simulation. How? It's all the simulation. Yeah. It's oh, just, totally. it's just, it's, it's, they run out of names <laughs> and just repeating characters across the whole thing now. <laughs> well, no, I'm serious with the, with the, well, I'm not serious, necessarily serious that it's a simulation. But what I'm saying is we find the same characters occurring just everywhere, right? And they come from the same places and they have the same backgrounds and sometimes they even look the same. It's like there's a, it's like there's a, um, like a machine just developing <laughs> these like CCP characters, right? And they all just look probably. like NPCs. Mm-hmm. Um, probably just all holograms like... NPCCP. Uh, NPCCP, exactly. <laughs> well, very good, very good. All right, are we done? Uh, yes. All right, we're done. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we thank you for tuning in. Uh, I want to make sure that we uh, we make mention of some of the newest members that we have over at the National Post. Thank you, Natalie, for bringing us all that information, by the way. We ha- we'll have more of it over the course of the uh, week, depending on my travel schedule. It's becoming a very, very busy time, which is how you know we're winning and how you know we need your support at every step of the way. And I want to thank some of the newer members of The National Pulse. You can join up at thenationalpulse.com forward slash support. We do not take money from billionaires. We do not take money from corporates. We are people funded. You, the people. You, Heidi and Rick and Jared and Walter and Laurie and Shanae and Bonnie and Michael, Saurabh, Jeannie, Natalie, not Winters, William, Kelly, Brandon, Julia, Thomas, Stephen, Shirley, Sheila, Rebecca, Next page. Next page. 
John, Arthur, Kyle, Susan, Stephanie, Angela, Kerry, Eric, Ronald, Richard, Terence, Brenda, Sean, Mervit, Ernie, sorry, Gerald, Greg, Louis, William, Stephen, and more and more and more. We're incredibly grateful for your support. It is going to take an army of ordinary people to take on the establishment, to take on the CCP, to take on Kevin or whatever his name is, and the Washington Post and all of the crooks, the liars, the frauds. I understand that times are tough. If you can't join up, you know, there are $5 plans, $10 plans, but if you can't, please make sure you're sharing our work. Twitter, Gab, Telegram, we're on all of it. Go find us, Raheem Kassam, Natalie Winters, The National Pulse, and I'll see you again very soon. Cheers.